Okay, we're live on YouTube. All right, we're halfway there. Okay. And we are now live on uh on both. Perfect. Okay. Well, welcome everyone to another edition of the Four Guys with Quarters podcast. This is episode number 184 for October 4th, 2018. Doing this for a little over four years, I realized. Boys, a little wow. over a little over four years. I, I looked at our first episode and it was a little, a little over four years ago. So, wow. um, yeah, kind of impressed, but we're at 184 episodes. This one sure is to not disappoint. We have with us... A guest this week filling our fourth seat, returning to the show. It's been way too long since we've had him on. Yeah. We've got Ross Miller from the Pie Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. What's going on, Ross? Hey, thank you so much for, for having me back on. As you said, it's been far too long. Far too long. I know, man. We got to, you know, we got to manage our guests a little bit better lately i feel like we haven't had guests on in a while and it's like there's so many good people in the community that you know not only just do podcasts but people who've never done a podcast before but have really good opinions that we really need to you know get on and get some exposure for and all that kind of thing so we gotta we gotta make a push but this is this is the first week of it and who better to bring on than the pod father himself right <laughs> the, the man the Anyway, my voice is the voice of Inferno Two and Seven as always. Speaking of uh, speaking of, speaking of as always, really the the only one who's made it to every single episode of this program is ZBCI Assassin, who's making his one hundred eighty fourth straight appearance tonight. What's going on, man? Hi. And he just says hi every single time. Every <laughs> single time. Uh, last but not least, we have Italian clowns with his. Beautiful webcam setup that he's got going on. We're finally seeing it. What's going on? In the words of Assassin, hi. Wow, we got we got a uh, we got a copycat in the room, but it's all good. It's all good because tonight we have a loaded podcast. We only have a few topics, but I feel like a few of them are going to get the uh, get the chatter rolling, should we say? Especially with Forza Horizon Four finally out for the masses. Um, I know last week we talked about it. We had a review copy, so we were able to talk a little bit about it, and the Ultimate Edition was coming out. So uh, now it is out for everyone on PC and Xbox One. You can grab it as part of your Game Pass subscription if you so have one. So we'll we'll definitely give our opinions on that because I know everyone here has played that and has pretty uh, positive and uh, thorough things to say about it. So we'll get into that first for sure. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is now uh, available for Ultimate Edition purchasers, but for Regular Edition, you guys will get it tomorrow, but the reviews are flowing in and everything's looking great. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, a few guys here have played that, so we'll we'll get into that. Um, and apparently we got some rumors about some new stuff, a new Harry Potter game and potentially a new Switch console already. Not even three years later, we're talking about a new Switch, um, which is kind of crazy, but we'll get into that, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, you know, in the in the coming minutes here. But before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to the Inner Circle Network. We are an affiliate podcast of them. We appreciate them bringing us on as an affiliate. 
And uh, we're part of a team of a bunch of awesome podcasts. You should definitely check out by looking at the description below on YouTube. Uh, Check out the info below and you will see the link for their site down there. All right, we're going to let the guests go first, you know, out of respect and out of uh, (laughs) being polite about this, uh, about our first topic here. Forza Horizon 4, I've been seeing... Your drive guitar out there. I've been seeing uh, your records pop up when I discover new roads, and I'm like, "Damn it, Ross has got like 30 more than me," and I have to, you know, keep going <laughs> even though I'm like falling asleep at midnight or something. Got to get up for work at seven. But um, so, Ross, let's let's go to you first because uh, I know you've been, you know, you've been getting in a lot of this, and I know um, one of your good friends and members of the Party Chat podcast, uh, Crystal, is now part of the playground team officially and um i don't know how how your exposure you know how much she's been kind of telling you over the past couple weeks or how much you guys have uh you know discussed the game or played together but you know just give you a general experience with it and uh tell us you know just what you think well uh i'm gonna put this out here very very quickly this isn't only the best driving game in xbox one and, and pc this is the best exclusive to, to, for Xbox this generation, easily, in my mind. Now, for me, my opinion is a little bit swayed for one reason, and that is, <laughs> well, two reasons. A, my co-host is a community liaison, so yes, I have had a bit of exposure to the game. But secondly, you can drive around the streets of Edinburgh in Forza Horizon, have you ever driven or walked around a city that you live in in a computer game? It is the most fantastic experience in your life. Well, I, I stay in Glasgow, but Edinburgh's not far, put it that way. Yeah. But it's it's fantastic. It's Forza. It's fun. There's so much to do in it. It's absolute perfection for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I, you know, I knew... See... I, I feel like Americans, and I don't mean to bunch all Americans, but I will do so. I feel like Americans are pretty ignorant. Like, if you say you're from the UK, everyone's like, oh, you're from London? Great. You know, or, oh, you're yeah. from, you know, or, oh, or Scotland right next to London and stuff like that. You know, Americans are really ignorant on this. And I didn't want to make that assumption that you live nearby, but I had a sneaking suspicion that you would recognize a lot of the areas in this game and how cool that would be. Because if, you know, I remember that with, I'm not a huge Fallout guy, but when Fallout was in Boston and I recognized a lot of the landmarks and stuff, I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And I know a lot of people are experiencing that lately with Spider-Man being in New York City and posting on Twitter how similar the environments are to, like, right outside their window and stuff like that. But is that, like, does that add to the, I know you kind of mentioned it just now, but does that add to the, to the cool factor, like, are you, are you, or are you like driving around nitpicking, or what? Is, what is your what is your assessment of that? Like, are you being like, oh well, you know, I know that spot in real life doesn't look like that. You know, how, how do you how do you assess that? It, maybe I'm still in the honeymoon period. Um, I, I deliberately do not nitpick on this. Okay, there's roads missing. Some of the road layouts are not there, but that's because there's no need to include them in the game. Mm-hmm. Why have a road which is a dead end to nowhere, midway down a street? You know, you, you just want to get all the key roads. But let's put it this way, you know, knowing Edinburgh like I do, I drove down Princess Street in Edinburgh, took a right by the station and then drove up the Royal Mile towards Edinburgh Castle. And only people that stay about here know exactly what roads I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's all there. All the major roads are there. 
Um, it's not ever going to be 100%. It's not going to have the pub that I fall out of at three o'clock in the morning, you know, by name in there. The only thing that I would say is not realistic about it is there is not enough drunk people. <laughs> nice. um, if you've ever been in Edinburgh, uh, there is drunk people everywhere. There is no drunk people in this game. And also there's a lot of black taxis. And if you've ever tried to find a black taxi in Edinburgh, it's almost impossible. So Man. that's the only negative thing I have to say about it. Well, I think that's pretty good praise then. I mean, I feel <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know, 90% of the people aren't going to notice that, which, you know, maybe good, maybe bad, but um, that's really interesting. That's an interesting cultural perspective on it. But I think that it's, you know, I, I think that it's so cool that, you know, everyone was kind of expecting this game to be not in the UK. Everyone was kind of saying like China yeah. or, Tokyo, or Tokyo or, you know, somewhere, you know, in Asia somewhere and then they bring it to London and obviously they introduce the seasonal stuff. So it made, it made a lot of sense, uh, why it would be in the UK rather. And, um, and man, I just think it's so cool for a lot of our friends that we know of the, of the Twitter community and of doing podcasting. And I, I think it's so cool that a lot of those people that we know can just recognize this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. And you can buy Edinburgh castle for 15 million credits. Has anyone bought it yet? Assassin, I know you were gunning for it, Assassin, right? How close Uh, are you? I was close yesterday, but I had to buy the the other castle because they had a barn find associated to it. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um... I mean, I'm, I'm going to let these guys go first, but I essentially echo all those sentiments. I mean, I, I will add a little bit at the end, but um, Assassin, I know you've been like literally playing it nonstop. I had to like beg you to play Odyssey, even though that came out earlier this week for Ultimate Edition. You were like, no, I need to play Forza. Like this game is just that good. But I know you, you know, obviously you got the code um, to review and talk about this game on the podcast from uh, Microsoft and we graciously thank them, of course, but uh, so you've been playing this for the past couple of weeks or so, and do you have anything to add to what you said last week? Like anything new? Any remarks? Um, so I'm actually going to be a little negative on this game uh, this week, because no. clowns. I think it knows exactly what I'm about to say. The whole <laughs> online community of you know not the co-op stuff, like online team adventures. That whole community is super duper toxic. You start a race. You're knocked out of it. You're in last place for the rest. Or, you know, Inferno and Clowns can say this a lot. They're about to pass first place. What does first place do? Knock you right out of the race. That happens all the time. Can't even play a race fairly. You go to team at, or the ranked portion. You spend an hour or two just trying to get into a lobby. Yeah. Just to have 12 people, because 12 people need to ready up for it to start. And there's always that one or two person that never hits X. So you're sitting there like, hit X, hit X, hit X, hit X, please, 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 hit X. And then it goes away because no one hit X. Mm-hmm. And you have to wait another hour or two. Or in my case, you'll you'll wait for an hour be like, I'm going to go get some lunch, turn off the game, come back, and I'm banned. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't make sense at all. I don't know how you got banned for. I don't know if they like registered you as maybe backing out of the match early and uh, penalizing you or what. But that was that was a little messed up. That was a little messed yeah. up. Yeah, 
it was an hour ban. It was it was ridiculous. So that's so so I have a slide right up right up right now that says the Metacritic must play 92, 92 rank on Metacritic. You know, obviously a huge success, and you're going to come to this podcast and complain about the multiplayer online system. Yeah, because okay, an, an hour or two wait to get into a lobby no, I know, that I know. may or I'm may sorry. not happen is is a little bit much. Well, Clowns has um, had some good luck, right, Clowns, with the multiplayer? I mean, you were talking yesterday like you were getting into matches. Yeah, you know, uh, when me and the Assassin were playing while well, I was connected to him and we were trying to get into multiplayer matches, I was having all the same problems he was, but he was the host. And then it disconnected me from Assassin saying that my connection to West Europe had some issues and it, it asked me to do some network stuff. I'm like, oh, Assassin, you connected to Europe somehow? He's like, no. So I think maybe somehow, you know, it just messed up his connection, but... Um, I didn't ha- have as many issues as him. I connected uh, relatively quickly. For every time it took him to connect to one match, I connected to like two. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of frustrated about that. And uh, he wanted to say some choice words to Playground about my connection versus his connection. Um, wow. But I mean, we got through it, right? You know, he got his achievement for it. Uh, he got it over and done with and uh, he's not banned anymore. Maybe they heard him on Twitter because he's probably the most vocal about it. Uh, and he also even made a guide for everybody on Twitter. I saw about that. How yeah. to use the X button. I saw that. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Well, nope. listen, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just a problem with people not playing ranked quite yet. You know, maybe that's a part of the problem because I feel like if you play just the regular team adventure, you find matches super quickly. And well, I, the regular yeah. one, yeah, I will say that, yeah. Well, the regular one, like, there could be one race left out of five, and you could join. Like, ranked, you, everyone has to join before a race can even start. Yeah, that's true. That's like, a good point. It's, it's, so, it's so picky. That's a good point. Um, real quick, in the YouTube chat, Daz is saying, Rivals needs work. We got the challenge going with A class only, and it let me enter with an S1 class. Yeah, so... <sighs> Team adventure that sometimes happens too. Like everyone will pick. I noticed that like maybe a couple times that I try to play uh, a team adventure it, that it will say like a class modern rally and in my S one class will pop up and I'm like, am I supposed to not select that or should I just try it and see what happens? I haven't tried it, but why is it even giving you the option? You know, it's it's. I don't know. I, it's a it's a nitpicky thing because otherwise I think you know the connectivity is really good. Um, when you play the team adventure, like I don't see people skipping around as much or lagging or anything like that. And you know, it's a racing game. People are going to ram you. It sucks, but uh, it's going to happen. And until they kind of have a universal ability to just have everyone be ghosts, it's going to happen. It's going to ruin your <laughs> kind of ruin your day. But um, well, you know, that's something I want to say too. When I connected with assassins, the online lobbies. Uh, every online lobby, people rammed us, like, nonstop. But I got into lobbies on my own without them, and everybody in those lobbies didn't ram me. And then when Seems I actually awesome. did when I actually <laughs> rammed some guy, um, he sent me a message, and he's like, clean racing. I was like, damn, you're good. And he's like, yep, only way to be good is clean racing. There are, there are YouTubers that make their livelihood making videos of them getting, like, rammed on Forza and GT Sport and that's like every video they make is essentially just laps that they've done online where people just 
ram them purposely. So I mean, I wonder. Good, good. I, I, I wonder how much Games Pass will affect this version as well because it's going to bring on a lot of people at release that wouldn't have otherwise touched this game. True. So you wonder, you know, what, as time goes on and the, the, the how much of that toxicity, I can never say that word, how much of those players will be sort of forced out of it a little bit or get bored and move on and it will become a lot more clean racing. I must be very lucky or I have done quite a lot of, sort of private games and things like that, but online-wise I've not, really had it as bad as you mm-hmm. but that's generally because i'm in 12th place the whole way so <laughs> i don't see the, the people yeah guys in the chat work out for that and um, <laughs> trying to beat his challenges yeah i mean yeah i don't necessarily like i you know assassin's it's like one thing to nitpick about the game it's like the game is just so amazing and we talked about it last week, and I mean, I can just say so many more amazing things to, to talk about this game. Like, everything down to the littlest details, to the Forza Dawn events, to everything. Like, I could, I could say so many good things about this. So, it's like you find a bad thing, and you kind of, like, harp on it a bit, but I feel like this is true of any racing game anyway. You know, it's like you have such a good time in the single player, or, like, if you do a co-op race against AI opponents... And you're having such an amazing time playing this game. And obviously, like, as I'm showing here, it's a Metacritic must-play. And it's pretty much universally accepted as being, like you said earlier, Ross, you know, the best racer of this gen or maybe the best racer of all time. People are saying that, and rightfully so. So that you, when you finally do have a bad experience that is kind of out of the ordinary, you kind of maybe emphasize it a bit more. Or you get a little more upset about it because you've had such a good time, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'd probably agree with that. You, you, you're almost, and also bear in mind, people like ourselves who do re- review games and talk about games and and everything is part of their passion and their hobby and their job for a lot of people. They, they you, you almost have your brain trained to try and look for faults in games, right? You know, exactly. like, because you, you're you're almost got that review mindset. It's like, well, I really, really like this, but there must be a negative, and you go looking for a negative. And if you go looking for something negative in a game, you're always going to find it. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And every game has a negative. Like, I don't agree with the 10 out of 10. When people give stuff a 10 out of 10, or people give 100 out of 100, or whatever review metric they have, that they give games a perfect score. Never, no game has ever been a perfect score for me. I mean, there's been a lot of games. We've been, all of us guys here have been gaming like our whole lives and we've had games where, you know, we'll say that's the best game I've ever played. But I'm sure if you ask people about a game that's the best game they've ever played, there, there's something negative about it. There's never all positive. And obviously, um, you know, this online thing isn't even necessarily about the game. It's about the community more so, you know? Um, yeah. So... It's kind of it's it's kind of hard to bash it, and I see people in the chat talking about you know, racing online, and you know you just get rammed anyway. Like all racing games, Daz is talking about how th- there's no clean racing in like Forza Seven either. You know, um, so it it's it's kind of a common trend. So if you're not really an online racer, you're gonna have an awesome time with this, no matter what. And if you are an online racer, you know if you can just get past some of the people who are just straight up dicks. Then you will. Uh, I think you'll have a good time. I mean, super- um, good, good. And one thing I want to address real quick uh, that me and Assassin were talking about back and forth in the chat, and it's about the next Forza game. 
um, the turn tens making. Oh, I like, to, I like uh, that pronunciation, by the way. Excellent. Yeah. According to Alan Walsh from Full Throttle, the next one damages are going to be mandatory in online races. Uh, so, like, if you get hit, like, let's say your tire goes flat, you're going to roll in that race with a flat tire. Uh, if you're the guy that caused the damage, uh, you're more than likely going to have to race the whole race with that damage. Yeah, and, and that's going to backfire. Damage is so. That's kind of been a thing in a lot of racing games, like more so sim than sim racing games and something like Forza Horizon. And yeah, I mean, like you won't be able to turn it off. Like, no, no, I understand. Like, oh, you you could turn it off or turn it on. No, and the next one, allegedly, you're not going to be able to do that. So, so I like if it's, let's say Assassin intentionally rams me, right, and he hits me against the wall because he wants to get in front of me like he always does. So he wow. rams me. And all of a sudden, his whole front bumper's off and his tire's flat. Too bad for him. He's going to ruin that whole race uh, with that flat tire. So why do you why do you think that's going to backfire, Assassin? Because if, uh, let's just say, go with the scenario Clowns is going with, I crash into Clowns, and we all take damage, like, that... It just that's no good for anyone. Yeah, it's no good for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that like, for me, is, is so speculative. Yeah. Um, when you think about it, like, how far into development is that? Because we'll be using the same engine. I, I just, I, I, I honestly think that's just someone spouting, if that makes sense. I, I can't see them being that far that a decision, like, online multiplayer would have been decided. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you well, specifically mention Horizon or or the, the not next the, Forza no, the, It makes the sense next... the track game, but not Forza. Yeah. The track one. No, uh, Horizon. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to get a new console in the next couple of years as well. I'd even be surprised if there was another game next year, because I think that would be the big launch game if there was one uh, when they do the console, unless the console's coming next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I would be very surprised if any of that had been decided by now. Well, according to the article, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Alan. You probably know him uh, if you've seen him around on Twitter. He's the one that does Full Throttle uh, magazine online, and he goes out to like Turn Ten and Playground and and um, Xbox and stuff. And he was saying on their last like podcast they did, they brought this kind of stuff up for the next Forza. So like you said, I mean it's still in development, and if they get a lot of backlash like from guys like Assassin, I'm sure they'll probably potentially change it. Well, that's the problem is that you know they want more people to be racing, not less. So that's gonna. Like that's gonna drive away a lot of people. I think even even diehard people. I think will be upset about that. It's not. It's not that they necessarily are the ones crashing, but if they get crashed into, then that knocks. You know that penalizes them as well. You know, so that's gonna. So that's gonna really. You know, that's gonna really detract from a lot of the player base. I think, and I think by making this a games pass game, you know, I think the whole point of that. Uh, in the long run, is to keep the activity going, is to keep the player base high. You know, keep staying, staying in Games Pass keep, keeps that available to subscribers constantly. Like, there's no trade in, there's no getting old. You know, game getting old. It's like keeping the multiplayer base up high and getting people to buy the ma- uh, the the car passes and all that stuff. Like, they're banking on people wanting to race online and stuff for a long period of time. And I feel like if they do, 
you know, if they implement something like that and it pisses off some of the diehards, then you're just going to see the, the numbers plummet. See, I think what it will turn out to be uh, more than likely is that, let's say, like, I'm the victim in that race from Assassin. Right. I think my damage will go away over time, but his damage, since he's the perpetrator and the predator, he's going to have to suffer those consequences. Right. I think that's just going about Predator. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like a hunter, like a like a jaguar. <laughs> yeah, guy, like he's looking for cars <laughs> on the track and just smack him around. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I don't want to like this game. I feel like we are still in the honeymoon period. I don't even want to think about that right now. I want to like just. I want to play this game. I feel like I can play this game for like another year and a half with no problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, with the past Forza Horizons, like, I feel like after, like, six or eight months, I do kind of get sick of it um, to the point where, you know, I'll pick it up every once in a while, but it's not an every night or three times a night or uh, three times a week kind of game. But with this, I feel like they've just done so many good things, and you guys, I want to get your opinion on this, uh, on the, like, seasonal events and the weekly events and the daily events and, and all that kind of variety where, you know, maybe it's the same race you've done before, but now there's, like, a specific restriction, like, uh, you know, like classic muscle cars or uh, retro hypercars or whatever they feel like they want to put on it. And, you know, sky's the limit when it comes to timed new content that they can throw out there that gives you maybe some exclusive rewards that make you want to play it or something like that, where I think that now they're taking that established incredible formula that they've had for Horizon and they're putting new features in, new uh, essential gameplay structures to like get people to come back over and over. Do you guys feel that's kind of the, the way it's going here with this game? Yep. Yeah. So another service game, but like you know, a game by or whatever you want to say, game by service. Um, I could see that. Like I, I've got no idea what they can do with the, the sort of DLC, um, or the, the the stuff that they're going to introduce. Like my natural instinct thinks that with the introduction and some of the missions that they may bring in motorbikes, but I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But, oh, that'd be know, so that, nice. I could really expand on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, that there, there is so many ways they can make content. They've already announced that one of the, the things coming in the first update is the your own route creator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yep. you can you can basically put a start and then a finish anywhere on the map mm-hmm. and then play with your friends, submit it online. Uh, the best community-made maps will get pushed into sort of circulation that could end up being in the game as races in the future. And... Uh, the guys that developed it were, were saying on their own stream that you know they've seen some creative things already in testing where people are doing like long races but the end of it is on the top of a house which is very hard to get to <laughs> the only way to get through that checkpoint is to go so you could do this long race and then you know it is literally just leap of faith at the end about who's going to get there and or even a short race so there's so many different creative things that they can do and i do feel that if they give the community the options so if they focus on giving the community the way to edit the game and do things themselves um through editors essentially then we could see content forever like for, for as long as it until the next game comes out i've seen people playing peel football where they turned a peel car into a football and halo warthogs were just kicking it about a football pitch <laughs> 
Yeah, I, you know, I came across Come the on. soccer ball, and I was actually yeah. hitting it with my lichen. Yeah, I was hitting that thing. And I was hoping Assassin would hit back, but he just passed me. He didn't care. <laughs> yeah, you know, the with that feature, that's that's a good point you made because with that feature, you don't have to depend on. Uh, playground to bring the content yeah. like everyone can make their own content and everyone and my friends list is just loaded with this game and i don't know if that's like what you said earlier uh ross about games pass bringing people to play that normally wouldn't play that may be part of it and that probably is a decent part of it but i know a lot of people that were anticipating this game and a lot of people on my friends list that would play this game for the long haul if they had things like that to go back to and you know <laughs> i'm part of excuse me i'm part of a uh, the Forza club that Daz and uh, Stick Figure and those guys started. That um, if you want an invitation to that, by the way, if you're a Forza player and you want to get in on that, there's um, specific. Too good. They, they are pretty good. There are a lot of good guys in that <laughs> in that club, but um, they've got a club going where and Daz. Uh, you know, if you want to post a link or tell people in the chat how to uh, get into that, or you can just um, direct message UK Dazarus on xbox and um or on twitter and he'll get you in because uh really nicely organized stuff and these guys put out like highlight videos and stuff of all the racers and all the times that they make and all that kind of thing so really cool thing that they do over there and i'm a part of and i usually get smoked when i do participate but um yeah a lot of good guys over there but uh related to that is that you know, you don't have to depend on the races that are established. You can make your own race and be like UK Dazzers's race through hell. And it's like, like, uh, Ross just said, like maybe you have to land on a very specific spot of the mountain or something. Um, but I mean, I think, I think they've just put together such a good experience with this thing and really sky's the limit. It's like the sandbox, the true sandbox of racing. Like people have talked about games like burnout paradise as a sandbox or the crew or test drive unlimited, um, or prior horizon games. Now this is truly the sandbox of racers. And I, I can't say any more about it. It's just, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's an excellent game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I mean, I looked at Metacritic to get the slide for this, and when I saw, you know, it had that stamp of Metacritic must play, and it's a racing game. Like that's, I don't think racing games are considered like a genre of uh, must play. You know, people will say like action games, adventure games. You know, to an extent, fighting games. To an extent, RPGs. You know, those are kind of the big hitters. Um, but like racing games, I feel like are kind of clumpy in in sports games, and not everyone's into sports games, and you know, Metacritic giving them the stamp of must play status and this game, you know, could definitely be up for game of the year. It's just got that kind of polish and content to it. Um, you know, I'm really impressed. I was, I was actually very impressed to see that, that stamp on there already. So, um, all right. Anyone got anything else to say about horizon for now? I'm sure we'll talk about it on a future podcast, but, um, anything else to say about it at this moment in time? Nope. Uh, no, no. Just want to get back and play it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I'll be doing tonight after this podcast. That's for damn sure. Um, all right. 
Next topic, a game that I haven't played, but I've been watching a lot of and has my interest extremely peaked. And I would say that my interest is peaked for an Assassin's Creed game more than it has been this entire generation. And that includes, you know, some origins, you know, I really like the 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 art style i really like the execution of the fighting a lot better um than prior than prior ac games and i bought that game and barely put any time into it like i thought i was going to play that game to completion and there's just something about it that i just could not get into it as much as i thought i was going to i played it at e3 when it came out uh i thought it was amazing like i told these guys i was like whoa look out for origins cuz this game is going to be stunningly good and now, uh, here comes Odyssey, uh, made by the guys, I think, in Montreal, right? Ubisoft Montreal, who made Syndicate, which was also another kind of positively received Assassin's Creed game of this generation. And, man, I mean, some people are calling this the best Assassin's Creed game ever. And I am so stoked to to check this out. I'll definitely be buying this at some point this year. Just based on the the fighting, the art style, the depth of the game, I guess people are saying like easily you could put in like eighty hours of uh, of playtime. Not necessarily main story, but you know everything else. And main story, no question, is like twenty five thirty at minimum. Um, I don't know who's played it here. I th- I'm pretty sure Assassins played it. Uh, but have you guys played it or looked into it? What do you guys think of this one? I've played it in the shows. I've not. I don't own the game. I've not got it. I've only played the, the sort of slice that they give you the, the the gaming conventions and things like that. But from what I've played of it, I've I've quite enjoyed it. I didn't play the last Assassin's Creed, so I'm not as hyped for this as what I probably should be based mm-hmm. upon that Metacritic score. But it's one of those types of games. If it's that good, you know I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like I buy the Assassin's Creed games like every year or every time it's released. I know they took a brief hiatus, which was great for the series, in my opinion. Um, And I usually pick them up, but I don't give them as much play as I really I think I should. And Odyssey is one of those ones that looks like for from all the reviews that I've seen, all the people streaming that I know. Um, it it really does look like the the game to really get me back into Assassin's Creed, which I haven't really gotten to this entire generation. Uh, to be honest, but um, I'm really, I really, I'm looking forward to it. And like you said, that Metacritic score is pretty good. I I haven't checked it today. That was from yesterday, but I will check it right now. While uh, somebody else, Assassin or Clowns, you got any any thoughts on it? I uh, so I thought Assassin's Creed Origins was extremely uh, terrible um, compared to some some other uh, people. So, like, I was looking forward to playing Odyssey because, you know, I'm an Assassin's Creed fan, but, you know, like, after finishing Origins for the first time last week, like, I was worrying. And uh, I think this game is, like, extremely better than uh, than uh, um, Origins. Like, the, the story, at least the story that I've got uh, to experience is just so much better than anything Origins has ever put out. Um... The origins really lacked a good, you know, a good story or story at times. Um, the naval combat, I, I really loved. It uh, brings me yes. back to uh, Black Black, Black Flag. Flag. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but it, you know, it made it a little bit more more difficult because you know, obviously, you don't have cannonballs and stuff, and 
Um, and then I think the combat. I, I'm not a huge fan of the combat. Uh, I, I prefer the the older combat more than the new stuff. But I think they improved it over uh, Origins. It's so much easier to actually realize you're going to get hit um, due to the you know colors and whatnot. Yeah, it's a lot more like um, visual cues from what I've seen. There's a lot more like indicate uh, maybe it's not like intentional to be necessarily for that i feel like it's more like for like parrying timing than it is for like just avoiding being hit in general you know what i mean if that makes any sense but still it like it looks like it's it's way better than origins i agree with you on that um the what is it the the choices you make i think that was an excellent addition to the game um, some of like the choices you make like really early in the in the game, like you already see the consequences. Like, for instance, I was supposed to steal something from this building from someone. I wasn't supposed to get spotted, and I I got spotted because I just wanted to kill everyone. And they ended up, you know, they brought reinforcements to uh, to the location because I got spotted, and they wanted you know to kill everyone that was there. And I thought that was cool. There's some other things I don't want to, you know, get into spoiler territory. But. Yeah, you usually do get into spoiler territory, and I was going to stop you right there because I felt like you were verging into that territory, and I was ready to pounce. But um, yeah, you know, I I've seen a little bit of that. I've seen like conflicting reports on it because I know that they have kind of introduced this aspect into the game where the choices you make do uh, make further decisions and further actions change. Um, but I feel like some people are saying that it's kind of like not as intertwined with the main story as you would almost expect it to be. Like it's more like how people, how NPCs treat you as you run through or like how the bounty hunters that come after you treat you, you know, it's not necessarily main story implications. Is that what you're finding or? Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot more side things than uh, main story things. Because um, you know, there, there's a bunch that show up, so right, like a lot of it, you know, won't translate into the the main. But there, I mean, there was one side mission. I'm not going into details, but I feel like, I mean, could if they did it right, like they could have changed like the whole game. But I have a feeling Ubisoft didn't think that far because it is Ubisoft. Um, wow, so. brutal. Well, I mean, let's be honest. They'll do something like half-assed. They'll have a cool idea, and then they'll just. Forget about it. And then, Until the sequel, but it'll become really good. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then they'll run it in the, the game after that or something. You know? Yeah, um, yeah um, I get you. Um, the, I, I feel like the, the, the citizens that are in the game act a little weird because I've killed like a bunch of people in front of them. They act like whatever. And then I go steal this treasure because they have like this... Um, Kind of like in Fallout or Skyrim or whatever, uh, if someone sees you like by a chest and steal it, they they react. They have that, and they they think it's like the worst thing ever. But you know, I just killed like ten people in front of their eyes, and they're they're fine with it. But you steal some treasure, it's end of the world. Dude, murder is a big is not a problem at all. I mean, people in in uh, I'm pretty sure in ancient Greece, people died all the time. But theft, pff, throw them in jail, yeah, hang them, hang them. Your hand cut off. Yeah, it's oh. it's in, it's interesting. It's it's definitely. I don't know. I feel like 
my interaction with Assassin's Creed stuff will probably see past that, you know, like I, I'm, I think a lot of people that maybe are new to the franchise or like not as diehard as, as others will see this on face level and say like, wow, like look at the action in that. I thought it was just a self game. We had a comment earlier in the chat. Uh, the geeky nerd on the YouTube chat said, wonder if they should split the series. Some games are more RPG ish, like new ones. Others are more stealth and action, like the stealth and action, like the old ones. So I think when people saw Assassin's Creed in the past, they were like, oh, I have to do it stealthy. Oh, I have to sneak around. Oh, I have to be very calculated. Like they didn't feel like they can necessarily hop in and just create havoc. But like, I feel like the setting in this game, along with the mechanics that they've shown off is more actiony that like very more approachable, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's taking the best out of both worlds, isn't it? No, like, you, yes, you're going to have some fans that love Assassin's Creed for all the, the older, stealthier type games. And then you're going to have the people that liked the last game, but it was a lot more action. But if they can find that perfect balance that you can approach the mission either way, then why the hell not? You know, it makes perfect sense for me to, instead of splitting the series and going down that Activision route of looking at which developers doing the next COD game, just to find out what type of game it's going to be, you you can basically give people the, the option to, how do you want to approach the mission, Hitman style? Mm-hmm. And just say, this is, you know, you want to go stealthy, go stealthy. You want to come in with your shield up and your, your axe out. I don't know what I was doing there. I was actually making actions with my hand. I saw that. Yeah, but, I saw um, that. Yeah. <laughs> then then give them give the people the choice. Um, I, I say stick with it, get your mechanics right, and, and keep on developing because Ubisoft are known at tinkering with things until they can get them right. And, and let's face it, let, let's hope they can get this one right because I think a lot of people are back invested in Assassin's Creed. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that whole... Uh, getting sick of Assassin's Creed mantras over. I feel like with that hiatus, they totally revitalized the franchise in terms of uh, reception and and desire for the for the franchise. Like when this game got announced, I, I was like, "Oh wow, here we go!" Like another yearly cycle of Assassin's Creed. I thought they learned their lesson, and then I see the reaction on Twitter, and everyone's like, "Wow, this is awesome! Look at the setting, look at the action!" So excited for another game like Origins. Like people, are, some people are saying this is Origins 2.0. You know, like. Instead of what I expected to happen, which was people getting pissed that there was we're back into a yearly cycle and it was going to be all bland and and non intuitive and non no ingenuity, it's now like people are just so stoked for the franchise again that like they just want more of it. If you set one during friend, the French Revolution, I think that'd be really successful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that you know, out well done that. <laughs> I, you know, to be honest with you guys, um, I really like Unity. Like, my favorites, Assassin's Creed, are probably Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and then Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me on this, but uh, I was not a big fan of Origins. Not that it didn't look good. I just felt like after playing it for a few hours, I was kind of, like, lost and bored. And, like, why am I playing this game? Like... Uh, am I just gonna like go around in the water and then you know get back on land repeatedly for the next few hours because I'm so bored? But this one looks really good, and I can't wait to get in. Uh, I did get the ultimate edition, but I haven't even started playing it yet, so it kind of defeated the purpose of getting it early. 
Um, but I'm really excited to dive in after Assassin's take on this. And uh, everybody else on Twitter is like raving about it. Uh, it's got all the critics hyped as well. Um, I'm just surprised that the Metacritic score was 87. Surprised it wasn't pushed up to like at least the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that accounts for everybody's review. Like, I, I saw some, a lot of the big outlets give it pretty high scores. Like, I think IGN gave it somewhere in the nines. GameSpot, GameSpot gave it an eight, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, but a, a lot of the other outlets gave it pretty high scores. And um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, I, for some reason it's not letting me click it now. I don't know what's going on with the software. I'm going to have to just delete this right here. But I th- I don't think the Metacritic had as many scores as you'd expect. So um, I don't know. But I, I don't even remember what Origins got for a Metacritic score. I'd have to look that up. But I thought it was up there, like pretty close to this, if not better. Assassin's Creed Origins... Yeah, no, it wasn't as good, actually. Origins, the highest score it had was on Xbox, 85, on PlayStation 4 for some PlayStation 4 is like 81, PC, 84. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I am definitely looking forward to it, though. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick this up. And usually, I'll, you know, when Black Friday comes around, these games are like 25 bucks. Uh, I will say to myself, well, I got to grab it. But I think I'm going to have to grab it before then, to be honest. Um. Okay. Is there anything else you guys want to say about this? I mean, um, yeah. There's uh, I don't know if you've uh, seen the microtransactions in uh, Origins, but they kind of transferred over to uh, Odyssey. Um, I mean, obviously, if you buy them in Origins, they're not going to you know be in Odyssey. But the 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 premise of the uh, microtransactions are in there. I feel like no one's complaining about them. Like, I feel like Ubisoft. Gets a you know a pass on these things, and like if you if you look at like the time saver packs, like you can lock like everything on the map, you can pretty much just have like everything boosted up. You you know get money boosts, XP boosts, all this other boosts, and it's just pathetic. It really is. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't even see anyone really talking about it. I saw. Yeah. I think I saw maybe one article. Um, but. How much do they push that in the game, though? Do they? Um, I mean, they don't. They don't really push it all too much, like you know, like Call of Duty, like or whatever, like buy buy stuff. But I mean, like for instance, in Origins, to like level up your like hidden knife or your your armor or your you know the your quiver or whatnot, like. You had to spend so many hours just to level up like once because you had to get like 60 pieces of heavy leather, which is from like crocodiles and hippos. And you had to get like 80 uh, like gold or whatever, which you can only get from like certain places, which they can only have a certain like a small amount. Then you had to get like 80 light leather, which is like from deer. Then you had to get like five carbon crystals, which were extremely rare or 20,000. Uh, a crystal and it's just it it got so repetitive right and then you could just have five bucks and be like done right so like once you once you actually play it a bunch and realize how much better it is just to like buy it instead of like farming a shit ton 
um, then that's what you makes know? you buy it versus them pushing it down your throat like Activision may. I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, other than that, I think we're done with that topic. We got a couple more here. Rumors. I know we don't usually delve too deeply into rumors, but uh, this kind of like caught me a little off guard because I thought the Harry Potter thing was kind of over. I didn't think this was a huge... Um, you know, a, a hugely popular thing anymore. Like, I remember when Harry Potter games were coming out left and right. You got Lego Harry Potter. You got all those Harry Potter games like on the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, when when the movies were coming out. And Harry Potter was, like, the coolest thing for a little while. And then, you know, obviously the last movie came out. They tried, They made a, a few spinoffs or whatever that haven't been quite as popular. But now we've gotten some leaks that are confirmed by Eurogamer that say that we're going to get a new Harry Potter game. And um, when I had made this slide for the show, it had not been confirmed yet by Eurogamer that this was a real topic, a real a real game in production. And now um, I guess it is. They don't know exactly who's going to be making it. There's been rumors that it may be Rocksteady, movers that, rumors that it may be Avalanche, but people aren't necessarily sure at the moment they don't know when it's coming out people are kind of expecting it to be sometime next year definitely not this year and we saw some gameplay video that was quickly pulled by warner brothers so it makes it seem like it is even more legit um did you guys check this out are you guys excited for a new harry potter game like what did you what are your takes on this i uh i think someone posted the video yesterday on twitter and i checked it out so you know i was curious because I've played a few Harry Potter games and back in the day, and I mean they weren't that great. Uh, I really like Goblet Fire, but I don't know why um, it was on the GameCube. I really enjoyed it, um, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's it's about time we got like a good uh, a Harry Potter game, like if you know an wait, RPG. Wait, let me, like an can, I, can I can I stop you right now, right there for a second? What what makes you say it's about time we get a good Harry Potter game? Because this franchise has we, been like dead essentially. I don't know why. Like well, it's about I, time. Okay, all so the the, uh, the the movie. I, what is it called? Uh, it's coming out in November. Fantastic yeah, Beasts. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the sequel's coming out. Like, and J.K. Rowling is making like more books and stuff of you know the. That whole universe, like, you know, maybe not like a hair, like actually be Harry Potter, but have it like in the universe and have it like be a, an MMORPG or just a co-op RPG or whatnot. Like, I think it would it would be a lot of fun if done right. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm of the I opinion mean, that it's not really needed, but I mean, it's cool nonetheless. What were we gonna say? I mean, look at Spider Man. Like, we've had such terrible Spider Man games, like. We didn't really need another Spider-Man game, and here comes Insomniac. Well, Saz, in all fairness, uh, I mean, they made a great game. You never played Spider-Man on Game Boy. I've actually had a Spider-Man game on the Game Boy. Wow. Yeah, intellectual Spider-Man Two is one of the greatest games of all time. I I. I actually was a huge fan of like pretty much every Spider-Man game. People talk about <laughs> Spider-Man games like they weren't that great. I actually had a good time with them. Maybe it's just because I was hyped because they usually came out when like movies came out and stuff like that. But um, I, I, I think I think Spider-Man games are actually pretty underrated. But I mean, the latest one obviously is incredible. I mean, yeah, you just, know, 
Assassin, I'm questioning your love for Harry Potter and all the muggles out there, as you call them. Because I'm surprised you haven't noticed uh, the Android game that everybody's been like playing lately. Like it's picked up and people are getting addicted to it, and they're playing this. I don't play mobile games. Like I played Pokemon Go, and I gave up that very quickly. Like you can even look at my phone. I have zero games installed on my phone. You know that's what. What do you What do you say? What do you call people in the Harry Potter universe? Muggles. Muggles. What are you saying? So you're just being a typical muggle, huh? Or I'm just being a person who hates mobile games, and I don't understand what the hype around a mobile game is. Mm, fair no enough. love for, fair. for all games. Doesn't no love. Fair enough. Fair no, enough. I don't know. The question in his uh, his love of games. Wait, so clowns? Because I don't play stupid mobile games. Okay. Am I t- am I to understand then, clowns, that this is? Not as up your alley as it is for Assassin. That this Harry Potter thing is not doing it for you. No, I, I don't think I'd really play it much. I, I think it's great for the fans out there because I think Harry Potter has a lot of untapped potential in the video game market. Uh, so I think it's going to do extremely well, and it's maybe possibly add on to even like stories, or they can base uh, more stuff uh, off the video game. I think it's a great idea. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Assassin's like reaction videos and him streaming it so he can yell at people if there's PvP. So I want to hear him call people muggles like he used to all the time. <laughs> Dude, somebody in the YouTube chat, I got to find it. Somebody said Harry Potter Battle Royale. Like, can you imagine if that were, uh, if people were just like wielding, uh, the magic wands thank you i couldn't think of the name of it i'm like looking <laughs> right at it in the picture if people like I, I, waving magic wands like pointing them at people and shit like that's how you killed them like that'd be incredible I intervene because i didn't know what you thought they were holding when they were waving stuff at you so i'm I like I, I, I actually yeah. started doing i actually like started doing it with my hand down here like below the camera i'm like waving and i'm like oh my god what is that word but um i mean i everyone everyone's doing battle royale i mean why not harry potter right i mean shit have like uh, yeah, Quidditch yeah. matches where you're playing battle royale, like you, like that's how you get around. You just hop in your broomstick and like yeah. fly around. I don't know. Um, steal the destiny engine, fine. Replace the sparrow with a broomstick. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if it's anything like Destiny, then Assassin will be all over it. I'll tell you that because oh, Assassin for de- for Assassin Ross, Destiny is like a drug. A drug. It's a drug. Like he he hates it, but he keeps coming back to it. Well, didn't he stop playing it? I mean, he stopped playing Disney too. What's other games came out? I mean, you know, if he does go back to Destiny too, we're really gonna have to question his uh, authority on games in the future. Inferno, we're gonna have to like give him a test or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyway, um, so Ross, we didn't hear from you on this. What do you What do you think? Do you, um, are you kind of like hyped for this? Are you anticipating this? Were you caught out of nowhere on this? What do, What are your thoughts on it? Do we lose Ross? Hello. Then we might have. we might have lost him. Ross, where'd you go? Come back to me. Don't do me like that. 
I think we lost him. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, Boogie wants to know if this is somebody new on the panel. No, this is Ross from uh, the Potty Chat Podcast, which is the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. So that is who this is. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't met him or seen him before, or seen him in the community. Um, Ross is frozen stiff. You gay dad says. <laughs> Oh my god. Hopefully he can reconnect. But um Yeah, this Harry Potter thing, I'm not I'm not that stoked about it. Like Assassin says it's about time. I don't think it's about time. Like uh, I don't know. Of course our video just got really wacky because Ross dropped out of the call, but hopefully he comes back so it's fixed. Um Anyway, so you have anything else to say about this? Like, did you like what was shown in the video? Like, I mean, it was a really low quality video. I mean, it was really hard to tell. Like, at least the one I saw, it was, it was really hard to tell what was going on. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the video, the video was uh, was piss. I mean, it was really bad quality, but. Uh, Nonetheless, I mean, it's, I guess it showed off like it showed off what you'd expect, I guess, from a game that was made that maybe made by Rocksteady that is Harry Potter themed. I mean, I, I, everyone's talking about this. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. And if this never happened, like I wouldn't be upset. Oh, I think Ross is back. Maybe without video. Ross, you back? Hello. No, oh, there he is. Okay, okay. This is working. This works. Oh, video's back. It appears. He's turning the webcam on. We're getting the spinning. Um So Ross, as you're trying to figure that out, uh what do you think of this new Harry Potter thing? Are you are you stoked for it? Is it not a big deal? Is it do you agree with Assassin that it's about time that we have another entry in this franchise? What do you think? Did we lose him again? We might have. Oh my goodness! I'm I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna ask him next time. Just write it so then he uh, sees that. Yeah, you know what? Next time I'm just gonna. Be chasing I'm, that. I'm gonna have him. I'm gonna have him just text it to me. Something. But um, Jo Coogan in the uh, in the YouTube chat says, "Can you hear me now?" Yeah, we're having one of those moments right now. We have in one of those moments. Um, all right, let's go on to the last topic then, and hopefully Ross joins back. We can get back into that um, once we once we get him back in. Um, and I know this is this is a topic that's really souring Assassin's uh, underside, if you if you know what I mean. Because Assassin was ready to buy a Switch this this winter, this holiday season. He's excited. He was finally gonna delve into uh, Nintendo Land and. I was gonna fly out to Wisconsin and beat his ass at Mario Party and all all Mario oh. competitive games. Um, I was getting ready for that. that. I was ready. To, I was ready to buy my uh, tickets and everything, but uh, I guess I'm gonna have to wait on that because uh, it looks like a new revision of the Nintendo Switch is coming in 2019. And uh, you know, this was a report from the Wall Street Journal, so take that for what that's worth in terms of gaming news. 
but it's been picked up by pretty much everyone at this point. Uh, this news came out, I think, earlier today, actually. And uh, the new version, I guess, is going to feature a new screen for sure, um, if it even comes to fruition. But I guess the big new feature is a new, more efficient, brighter, maybe higher resolution screen. Um, and it's well, gonna. Oh, good, good. Um, it wrong. was just. It was officially confirmed today, but Nintendo actually brought this up last year that they were going to make another Switch. And they and basically, uh, if I could find the article again. Yeah, please the do, because I don't remember that. Yeah, the CEO of Nintendo responded to the um, underground hacker community and the Henkake or Henkate and all those Fuse Glee hacks, and they wanted to pass the Tigra to boot ROM exploit uh, from the chip, so they were going to put a new chip in there. Um, as far as the additions to the Switch, it's still pretty much speculated, but it's nothing that's going to be significant and be like, oh my god, I have the next-gen Switch in my hands. It's worth, you know, 450 bucks or 399 No. It's like, it's going to be a slightly updated screen. Maybe some more onboard memory. A longer battery life has been confirmed. But it's, it's basically just... double on that from, to bring me in, to be honest with you. I was What's that? Mo- I, was, I was waiting for my moment to start speaking. It's going to take a lot more than what you've just described for me to fork out extra money for. Yeah, I mean, it's just, Ross, it's just basically a patch for the hacks um, because the hackers and modders have been able to go online uh, with the Switch, play RetroArch. Uh, they hacked the NES yeah. library and put, you know, o- other NES games on there for the online service. They've mm-hmm. been banning them uh, left and right, but um, there's, you know, they're always working on workarounds in the underground community. And this is just Nintendo's response to it, it's just revision, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm of the, I'm of, I'm one of the people that's of the opinion that this is completely unnecessary. Oh, who do we lose now? Who do we lose? No one? We lost everyone. Clowns? I'm back. You know, it's funny. It's actually, it's actually really funny for people watching the show. Before we started, Ross said, I never knew Discord, you know, was so good for video chat. Like, the quality is really good if you guys had any hiccups. And I was saying, no, uh, other than the first week, we didn't have any problems whatsoever. And go figure, we're doing a podcast (laughs) with him for the first time on Discord (laughs) that he's been exposed to it, and we're having all these problems. (laughs) That's insane. Insane. Uh, Jago Kukin in the the YouTube chat says, you guys run out of quarters. I mean, maybe we did. Maybe (laughs) no more continues. You know what I mean? No more continues. Um, But anyway, we're back. What did you say? I'm a bad omen. A bad omen. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. (laughs) Um, But anyway, back to what I was saying. I'm of the opinion that this is completely unnecessary. Like, I don't even know why they're doing this. The thing is selling, like, hotcakes. Such minor revisions, like you said, Ross, and, like, uh, you were detailing clowns. I mean, such minor things. You know, it's not even like it's, like, a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X, like, mid-gen revision, you know. Uh, It's literally, like going to play the same games, probably at the same quality, maybe a few things here and there, you know, better screen and in portable mode. Okay, that's cool, but, you know, why am I going to pay more money for that when, you know, a 720p screen for a portable device is totally fine for me? You know, it's like, what are they going to do? Are they going to put a 1080p screen on it? Are they going to put a, 
like an OLED screen, like a smartphone screen, so it's a little more battery efficient. Like unless there's a battery savings, unless it like doubles the battery life, I'm not upgrading mine. Like mine is going to stay where it's at and I'm going to keep it and we were talking a little bit about what would happen when the new uh when the new system comes out or the new revision of the Switch. Like what's going to happen to revision 1 of the Switch, the, the original? Is that one going to see a huge price drop? And honestly, if that thing drops any more than 50 bucks as a result of this, like I would stay clear of this one. Unless unless this stuff that we just don't know about that makes it insanely better, like if it has a new mobile chip and everything, but I don't think it's going to. No, they have no intentions on adding new mobile chips. Just the uh, a new chip so that the boot ROM can't be exploited. They're going to, you know, do I think version 2 of the Tiger boot ROM or something is what they're talking about. Um but as for the bundles, this is what I'm thinking, right? Because this this new Switch is going to launch at the full retail price, probably with no games bundled. Probably going to be all over again, like Switch version 1. So you're paying, like, what was it, like $399 on launch just for the Switch and Joy-Cons? Um, no, no, $299. $299. Yeah, yeah. So this, this new one's probably going to be $299 with no games. And then you're going to have your bundles that they were selling, like the Pokemon bundle and those stolen the stores. They're probably going to have to drop the prices on those because everybody's going, oh, I think I, I need Switch version 2. So, you know, so then they're going to drop those probably by like 50 bucks. Uh, well, it is Nintendo, so it could be by like 25 bucks. And then the Switch version 1 that came with nothing that's still at stock in stores, they're going to be like, retailers are going to be like, what are we going to do with this? Nobody's going to want this. Oh, we're going to have to drop the price even more. So maybe like, you know, 50 to $70 drop on those. $70. Okay, so system's 300. $70 would be more than 20% off. That would be such a great deal for a yeah, console but- that doesn't have such a huge revision. Like that's I mean, I could see it. I'm not I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Like I could see that potentially. I I mean, Nintendo usually can get top dollar for their stuff for a very long period of time. So that's why that's the only reason I don't think it would drop that much. But I mean, well, like you said, like who would want revision one, you know, unless you're a hacker or a modder. Yeah. I mean, picture it this way, right? You're walking into like GameStop or Walmart and you have three switches in front of you. You have switch version two with maybe some more onboard memory, but you can get a 400 gigabyte SD card on Amazon for like 38 bucks on flash sales. Or, it, you know, you got that option for like the 299, maybe even a little bit more because the memory is going to be more. And then you got the bundles with like the Pokemon game, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And you're going to be like, hmm, this is revision one, but it comes with a game. Why is Nintendo trying to upsell me to Switch version two? If you're a casual gamer, you're not going to understand it. And then you're going to have this other Switch that looks like version two, but it's version one just sitting there. I mean, what do you think they're going to do with that inventory? They're going to have to get rid of it. Yeah, and it, and it's not like it's not like they're gonna put out a new Switch revision that doesn't use the existing Joy Cons or any of the existing accessories. Like that would be terrible. You know, it's yeah, obviously it's gonna, gonna be it's it's gonna be similar. It's gonna be all be compatible, right? Yeah, it's all gonna be the same. The only thing is, uh, somebody made a joke on Twitter. Um, you guys probably know Sean Labria. I think is his last name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, he made a joke saying that maybe version two won't come with the power brick like what they did with the 3ds. <laughs> <laughs> so if they're smart and they want people to do this, then they have to throw in a year of their online service. Oh yeah, something like you know what I mean. Like they need to make this attractive. 
But also, if, if they're not wanting people to buy the old console, then they're not wanting people to have that discount. You know, I understand from the retailer perspective about lowering the price, but, you know, if they don't want people having their hands on these consoles and a new version, a patch version is out, then could they restrict that? Would they try and pull them off market? What What would they do? No Nintendo will probably find a way that there's only a few of these left in individual stores, and they'll go for five thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no <laughs> kidding, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, like they'll find a way to make it that these consoles become must-have things. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the coming work, uh, coming months, what exactly this contains, and exactly how they market it, and and what the retailers do with it. So we're going to see. We're going to see like a Craigslist ad in the future and it's going to be like Switch version 1 25 games <laughs> 800 bucks. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be it's like Flappy Bird. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, I was just going to say Flappy Bird <laughs> or like a iPhone with Flappy Bird installed on it $3000 or like PlayStation 4 <laughs> with the Silent Hill PT demo $3000 <laughs> like, you know, silly shit like that. But, you know, I just can't like obviously with the X with the Xbox One X and with the PS4 Pro the big selling point was the was the increase in power and how are they going to put an increase in power to that to that like degree you know how are they going to increase the power so it's two times or four times as powerful you know and and keep it in a similar body that uses all these accessories i mean it's a mobile system it's not like they're going to improve it to that degree i mean look what they've done with like the 3ds you know 3ds excel they just made it bigger with a bigger battery and with a 2ds and with the new 3ds excel like the features that were changed were so like incremental it's not anything close to what we've seen with microsoft and playstation for mid-gen upgrades so it's like why would that be worth you know an extra 70 bucks it's ridiculous who Dad. says it even have to do that? Have they said it's going to cost more, or is this, is speculating? No, no, like... well, no, we're, we're, no, it, not necessarily going to cost more. But what we're kind of speculating on is that the first version is going to drop in price. So then, by oh. def- by definition, it'll cost more. You know, if the changes are that small, they could literally just continue off the production line and just drop it in. You know, like. We're all clued up. We know that there's going to be different versions of consoles, but manufacturers replace parts and do things with consoles every single, you know, all the time. So who's to say that they just continue it with the same packaging, keep it going, it doesn't say V2 on the box, and the average person that buys at a retail does not know that they're getting a last V1 or a first version V2. It's just a continuation of the, the, the line getting produced, and there's nothing, no song and dance about it, anything like that. It just keeps on going. Yeah. You, know, you, you, just, you, you just don't know, and to be honest with you, logically, that's how I would play it. Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense because if yeah. what you guys are what you and clowns are talking about is true, it's just going to be, you know, a way so the hackers can't get in. It's going to be maybe a little bit upgraded screen technology and not really anything too uh, you know, revolutionary. It's not like mm-hmm. like you said. I mean, keep it in the same packaging. The people the only way people would know is like the SKU or the serial version or whatever. Um and and yeah, like you'd have to you'd have to really peek hard and see because um, you know, how many switches are out there already produced that they're gonna, you know, not sell or gonna they're cannibalizing their own market because yeah. it would be inferior, you know, that's kinda crazy. You'll probably call it the Switch Classic. The Switch Classic <laughs> <And then, laughs> V one. 
Um, yeah. Daz made a joke in the chat. He's like, uh, I could come with version two, the Labo toilet seats. Yes. Yes. Those Labos, dude, those are selling like crazy. Every time I go to Best Buy or like GameStop or wherever I go that sells games, like somebody is looking at those things and I'm just like, dude, they're cardboard, man. Those are cardboard. Like the pet rock all over again. Like those are frigging cardboard. Um, you know, that's going to be Assassin's first thing he gets is a Labo. Is that so. true, Assassin? Uh, I mean, you haven't gotten in on this. So you, are you excited for – I? I feel like this news is really sad for you because you were so like you were really looking to get a switch. I know you've been talking about that a lot, and now it's like you feel like you can't. You know, you got to wait and see what's going oh, on here. I mean, it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Like, um, like I don't know if I will, you know, have enough by Black Friday. So then, like, if I wait for like, you know, this new version coming out, like I could stay up for some games because even if I had enough by Black Friday. Like, what? Like, I'll just, depending on if I get, the, you know, the bundle or whatever, like, that's all I would have, you know, or I could save for another six months uh, if it comes out in the summer, as it was rumored, like, then I would have more money for the kick Inferno's ass in Mario Kart, for instance. Not going to happen, dude. As soon as you get one, I'm flying out there. Because you can't, you know, with Mario Party, you can't play that online. Yeah, but so- Mario Kart, you can well, Mario Kart, that's fine. I'll whoop your ass from in, from Boston, and then in Mario Party, I'll fly out to Wisconsin and, and whoop your ass. And then lose, and then you'll be sad and fly back to... That's if he even opens the door. You might have to stand outside and play through the window. No, I'm not going to warn Well, I'll, I'll warn him. I'll warn him. Because if I don't, then he's not going to come to the door. Yeah, well, For some I reason, I looked out my window there and expected some man to be standing there with a Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Because <laughs> this is a common occurrence. Just be like Can the Wii commercials. What's your Wi Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a question for you, Assassin, since you're the one that's really looking to get a Switch right now. Uh, version 2 comes out, right? And let's say that it, you know the screen's 10% brighter uh, and it's got like more onboard memory, like maybe you know like a gig or two extra or something, something small because of Nintendo. And it's selling for $299, right? So you can get that one, or you can get version one of the Switch that came bundled with a game like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, for maybe $20 less than the new one. What would you do? Well, it, it all depends on, you know, what it, the next version comes out with. Like, I mean, we've had all these rumors. Like, it could be, you know, something totally different. I mean, probably not, but it, it could be. There's a small chance. Okay, so are you if if I'm asking you right now, if I have a gun to your head and I'm saying, What is the new switch gonna be like? Go. Are you expecting it to be like PS4 to PS4 Pro or Xbox to Xbox oh, One? I, I I highly doubt it's gonna be like the difference between a pro or you know, and from the you know, base PS4 to the pro or base Xbox to the the X. I, I highly doubt that, but I mean, who knows what they'll add? I mean, it could be some stupid. It could be some good. Who knows? And then, like, it also depends on the deals. Like, if Switch version one or you know version one on day one of version two is like a hundred dollars cheaper with a bunch of games, like you know, brand new, I wouldn't go used. Like, obviously, I would go version one. Right. No question. But if it like if version two came out and it was bundled with a game. 
and it was it was like twenty dollars cheaper or more. Like I, I probably could just spend it like maybe extra twenty. I don't know. Like it it depends on what's on the system. Yeah. Well, I I'm almost I want to say I'm ninety eight percent sure after reading GBA Temp and Wulu.net that version two will not come bundled with games. It's solely just so it can't be hacked or modded. I mean, well, I mean, we'll see when it gets announced. I mean, man, what a letdown that would be. Know, I do know that, like I said last year sometime, and this is on GBA Temp. I got to find it again as well. But they linked it to a direct press release. But Nintendo did specify that the next Switch is the answer to the, the Tigra exploit. That's what the sole purpose was. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, good, good, Ross. No, it's it's totally off topic. So when you go. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, this was kind of like the last thing I had to say about this is that I feel like I I feel like that the improvements are going to be solely for handheld stuff, like nothing for dock stuff. You know, they don't really. I feel like they don't even care as much as we've been let on about the docked experience. Like it's all about the handheld experience, and I feel like that's why the improvements are probably going to be like a better screen that is more efficient, not necessarily sharper, but a better, like more efficient screen and maybe like battery life. And, and yeah, that, I mean, that's the and extent that, of it. that could address the cracking issues that people are having on the back of the shell. Um, when it's been docked for so long, some people experience cracks on the back of the shell. Yeah. I've heard so that. Maybe, maybe better screen, you know, with less power consumption or something. Yeah. Um, that's brighter. That I mean, that might help it. So that, that could be another uh, revision in the switch. Mm-hmm. All right, Ross, what do you got? No, it's just that every single year that uh, I see clowns, he looks more and more like Gav Murphy from IGN UK. If anyone knows who that is, I don't. How do you spell that? I got to see a picture right now as right, we okay. speak. I, yeah, G A V and then Murphy M U R P H Y. You should bring it up the central picture if you can. It looks more and more like him all the time. Is it does it uh, prepare to try? <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. Yep, yep. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna save this picture, and uh, yeah, we're gonna get this up on the podcast right <laughs> now. Oh wow! Yeah, I see. I see. Yes. <laughs> okay, let me. And you know, I even got the Sea of Thieves sleeve tattoos from E3, so I can like put those on and pretend I got tattoos going on. I'm going to send this to Gav and he's going to love it. <laughs> All right, let me make it a little bit bigger here so we can see the resemblance. All right, what do we think? What do we think, chat? What do we think? Tell us in the comments or in the chat. Uh, do you think Do you think this looks like this Gav Murphy fellow looks like clowns right now? Uh, you know what? Actually, dude, if you slicked your hair back like that, it's really close. I mean, your your beard is actually a little higher in your cheeks. You know than his, but I mean the fullness of it and the uh, you know that hair, like the hair color and everything. I think is really close, really spot on. Jago Coogan says it's close. You know what? I'll I'll have to get my beard trimmed a little bit, like his, because his is well kept and trimmed. I get it trimmed a little bit, get the cheeks a little bit lowered, and I I got to try try that facial expression, like you know, like the way he does it. Yeah, yeah, that like furrowed yeah. eyebrow too. What you don't see is that's me standing bes- uh, beside him over his right shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Nice, nice. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, actually, wow, that was a great reference, man. <laughs> and he's right, like every year, yeah, every time you see him probably, it's just closer and closer yeah. and closer. It's like yeah. metamorphosized a little bit. Um Stick says Stick Figure says you have to Skype the your tattoos. Clowns, you don't have any tattoos, do you? No, but I got the Sea of Thieves sleeves from E three. Oh there that, you go, that's um, close. Uh, uh, Tim Dog sent me one, and then I had one from uh, formerly from Xbox Attic, so I could wear those and uh, you know look like tattoos on my arm. There you go, there you go. Cosplay is Gaz Murphy. Cosplay, yeah, he's <laughs> gonna go. He's gonna go to Halloween as Gav Murphy. I, uh, I want to go on and see on your Twitter profile number one Gav Murphy cosplayer. Yes. Yeah, underneath, like just delete all that shit and just put self-proclaimed. Number one, Gav Murphy cosplayer. You know, I, I might have to start like toning out a little bit too, working out a little bit more. Um, how tall is he? Because I might have to get like some shoes with a little bit of lifts in them to cosplay. You know, every time I meet Gaz, he's all, I'm always really drunk because it's always at like the industry parties and stuff. So I can't remember. Yeah. Also, every time I'm in England, I bump into him. It's the the, the weirdest thing. Really? Um, England's a large country, but because it's always gaming events, I always see him. It's a it's a funny one. Yeah. But, so if, um, I, if if I walk into like a pub in England after a gaming event and everybody's yeah. drunk, I could definitely you know as long as I pose the accent properly, I could uh, pose as him. People will be fooled. You think? He's he's Welsh, so good luck with that. Oh man, yeah, no, that's yeah. Clowns, that's gonna take a very long time. That's not like Rosetta Stone territory. That's like, yeah, there you go, yeah, there you go. Be like, I can't, I can't, yeah, like, oh man. Uh, speaking of which, did EGX just happen or was it that yeah. was recent, right? Did you go to that? It was, I was at EGX, I was doing a talk at EGX actually. Oh, nice, um, with the, the duck games crew and we've done a talk on building uh, a streaming community um live on stage and it it was brilliant we had a really good turnout for it um the video was on youtube actually but yeah it's it was amazing because i've got no business to be talking about being a streamer and i'm not known as a streamer uh, the duck games crew was firmly in the background and it's only on the last sort of six weeks that i've been sort of coming out my shell and, and going on and, and doing streaming properly myself. Yeah. But, um, other than the sort of charity stuff that we all did last year, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, the, you know, it's EGX is a great event. It's the largest one of its type in the UK. But unfortunately, it, my first love, Xbox went there. And that broke my heart. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't know they went there. Wow. Yeah, um, but it's a great event. Uh, it's not in the scale of Gamescom or E3 or PAX or anything like that. But for us in the UK, it's the best we're going to get. So we're going to enjoy it. Um, Real quick, I just want to address Stick in the chat. You know, he wants me to try my Australian accent. Oh, which Jesus. I, Jesus. I imagine it's pretty terrible. Anyway, guys, it's been, it's been good being here. See you later, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clans, you want to give it a go? Australian for beer. Wow, that was that was actually a little bit better than I actually expected. I'm not gonna lie. What about your Scottish? Yeah, try your Scottish. Uh, you know what a Scottish I, accent would be like. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can. I I try this British accent, but people don't know what the hell I sound like when I go like bloody right. 
Wow, that was uh, <laughs> wow. That, you, you got him giggling over there, clowns. You got Garas over there crying almost. Jeez. Uh, yeah, but EGX, man, I, I, I would love to go to EGX. I mean, I love London. Absolutely. Yeah, it's love not even London. in London. Weirdly, it's uh, in it's uh, a, a, a Birmingham, Birmingham, right? Yeah, yeah. A couple of hours outside. Um, oh, is it that but, far away? I thought it was way yeah, closer. Well, you can get there quite quick in a train, but it's you know it's the Midlands, it's midway up the country essentially. Um, but it's it it's an NEC, which is like one of the largest convention centers you'll ever see in your life. But uh, EGX only takes up a small, small part of it, but. What you probably know yourself is there is a lot, especially at the moment, a lot of talented British developers. Mm-hmm. And they use their home show to show off their talent. And, and where it's very interesting and where I think it differs is the talks. So they've got multiple sizes of stages where they will have the developers on talking about it in front of a live audience. Then they'll have the indie developers on a different stage. Then they'll have podcasters and streamers and you know guys like us on another stage doing their live podcasts and um, doing a talk like I did it's it's very good it feels like a great community event you know that way but it's not going to have this the same scale or the big huge stages that Xbox put on or anything like that right and um, it, it's a lot of fun I, I actually lost a day because of weather this year we, we, we uh. were daily traveling um, so I've I managed to play some of the big games. Like I played the Division 2, for example, which I'm so excited about now. The Division 2 demo that we played was utterly brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and there was a lot of Nintendo and a lot of Sony there. But um, other than that, I was mainly there for the free bars. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's what I like about smaller. That's what I don't like about E3 and what I like about... Like PAX and EGX, and I know PAX Boston, PAX East, I should say, that's in Boston, right around the corner from me. Uh, I, I mean, that is a big convention, and you're right, that is like a huge, huge gaming convention. But it is really personal compared to E3. Like you have the developers there, you can ask them anything, you can play their, their, uh, you know, their life's not life's work necessarily, but their passion work, like something they're really passionate about. And you can see the enthusiasm and stuff. It's so much better than E3 in that regard. And I feel like EGX is like a natural extension of that, just across the pond, as they'd say. So I'm, I would love to go to that at some point. So I, yeah. I definitely want to make that happen. Well, you're welcome. Retro stays in Birmingham, so I'm sure you can. Uh, you offer some places to stay or whatever, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not inviting you around to our house, right? That would sound very weird. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. But you think with, within the locality of there, okay? So within the locality of Birmingham is Rear Studios, less than 20 minutes drive away, and um, Playground, sort of 20, 30 minutes away. Wow. You know, that's two huge developers within a very short space. Of the, I think it's a testament to how good the UK game development currently is. It's, it seems to be a right hotbed, you know, other than obviously the states and things. It's, right. it's amazing how, how many games we're churning out here, and it's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to go. And if, if I, like, just visit Playground, I mean, I would be, like, blown away. That's, you know, obviously one of my favorite devs. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people who've gone to Rare, and uh, you included, right? You've been to Rare yeah, a I've, bunch. Yeah, I've been to Rare Studios, yeah. Um, it was one of the most fantastic experiences of my life. 
Yeah. Um, it was utterly brilliant. It's just, it's like going to Disneyland for gamers. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we seen the sound rooms, we seen the design rooms, we played the game on site and a, a, a development build and closed off booths and top of the range PCs and Xbox One X's before Xbox One X's were a thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that way it's, it's, it's visit these places and, and if you do go to these events, anyone that's not been to any, and I'm sure you guys, will, I know you've been to plenty of them, as the, the indie or the red zones or the, the, the small times, Take the opportunity if you go to these to not just wait three hours in a, a line for the next Call of Duty game. Go and speak to some of the indie developers and hear their passion about what they're developing. Speak to them because I tell you what, I've made some great friends, I've played some brilliant games and just listening to these guys talk about doing what they love, bringing us all games is an absolute fantastic thing. And yeah, that's absolutely. why we've got the, the ID Xbox Spotlight on, on Party Chat each week now, because we, we love these guys. We love hearing their stories. We, we love playing their games. It's just, it's great. There's so many good quality content away from that AAA space. Absolutely. Well, um, I went, I had the opportunity to go with Inferno to PAX East, I think, what was it, like two years ago now? Yep, yep. Um, and instead of waiting in line to games, Ross, you can ask Inferno. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over there and talk to them. All right, I'm gonna go over here. I'm talking to this dev. All right, I'm gonna go. I like. I just kept moving from dev to dev to to talk to these different devs because I was so interested in, you know, what they were creating. I had and I hate to say this. It's not that I uh, didn't have an interest in their games to play at the time. I just wanted to meet the people behind the games rather than stand in line to play the games at that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those yeah, lines, even at the smaller shows, could be crazy. I mean, like I I went to PAX before I had gone to E three, and I got to E three. I'm like, can't be worse than PAX, and holy shit, it was worse than PAX. But like, I thought pa- even this year, uh, you know, PAX they just let in so many people, and the lines can be ridiculous for some of these games, and even the indie stuff. If it's if it's really hot, and you know it's being pushed by some of the bigger outlets, you know, even it doesn't matter how indie it is, it could be a dev team of of one dude. If if it's the hot thing, like you're going to be waiting in a long line. So, but you do have an opportunity to talk to these devs, you know, while you stand there and watch the game. You don't necessarily have to play it right then and there. You can come back a later day or what have you. But um, just like getting kind of like their commentary over it, it's like a built-in like YouTube commentary with the devs almost. You just stand there watching and. They're narrating it and all that kind of stuff. And like Clown said, I mean, it's a good time just doing that, you know? But anyway, um, other than that, I think that's all I've got for tonight's podcast. We went an hour and a half. That was pretty good. Um, again, Ross, thank you so much for, uh, you know, coming on and, and filling that fourth spot. And we're, we'll be sure to have you on again sooner than the the break in the last couple appearances but um definitely uh oh good good would you like would you like a bit of a news i haven't told anyone as well announce it on four guys oh yeah go for it okay so people as i mentioned earlier on about duck games um and we are doing a talk and we're having some fantastic streamers like bob duck and weave and, and retro crystal and banjo benji who are all partnered uh, mixer streamers uh, they are looking to you know expand that that team as well at the moment and um, for details that's on the twitter but we're actually also in line a bit something like what you guys do and what i do at party chat they're actually launching a chat show which i'm going to be hosting um, oh, and nice. in the next few weeks and um, it's going to be on our mixer channel it'll be 
created by Duck Games or will be a Duck Games type live show. And um, the name of it, which I haven't told anyone yet, because it's literally just been decided, no logos, is called Phil Language. So as you can probably imagine, it's going to be a little bit more adult than what we're... we're, we're Foul doing. language on Foul Duck language Games. Foul language Duck Games, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I was proud when I came up with that one. That was great. Like, that's hot off the press. We haven't told anyone that yet. But oh, perfect. But I wanted to let you guys know, because I know you guys are the king of the talk shows. So, you know, you've got to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Definitely, uh... De- definitely interested in that for sure. I mean, that, that I'm sure that's going to be really, really funny. And like that, that's the thing. Like a lot of people that do podcasts, some people that try to keep it professional, like toe the line, you know, a little bit with, with language and stuff. But I feel like, you know, sometimes the passion that kind of thing comes out and I feel like that's the kind of show it's going to be, you know, funny, but also, you know, definitely 18 plus uh, kind of <laughs> quality uh, content. So for a person that does a, a, a show where I have to beep the swears, this will be quite interesting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right. So you can find <laughs> Ross there. You can also find him on uh, Party Chat Podcast. Go on um, the Xbox One subreddit. You can also look Party Chat Pod, I believe, is the Twitter handle. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can find him on that as well. I highly recommend that. Uh, show and it's not just you know big AAA news like he said they they do a little bit of an indie spotlight every week which is awesome and a lot of channels don't do that and uh, you know that's something that you can really appreciate and learn some uh, learn some new stuff about games that you probably would not even give the light of day uh, depending on your taste but um, yeah so yet again we appreciate you coming on Ross and uh, anytime. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get uh, Crystal on again. I know we played Sea of Thieves with Crystal, and she was a lot of fun. And everybody on Party Chat's a lot of fun. You know, that's what makes the makes the program really good. You know, if you you you've never had Reese on. That's the one person that's escaped you. No, no, Unless yeah, never. Cheese. No, no, never. Yes, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I got to talk to that dude because uh, you know, <laughs> follow me on Skype, and he followed me everywhere else. And then we were on Twitter. We were following each other, and I think after. Probably some of the people in the community uh, retweets. Uh, Cheese is like, oh, uh-huh. Sorry, clowns. You got to go. Oh, man. I'll get him on and publicly say that to him just so I can see his reaction. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever admit it, but I think, you know, I think it's probably because some of the retweets uh-huh. or something. But, um, yeah, I would love to get Cheese on the show. If Absolutely. Cheese, if you ever watch this show, I'd love to get you on. So mm-hmm. we got to get Assassin into some Android mobile games. And I think, you know, that Hill Climb Racing game is a perfect game to get Assassin into. Uh, since I think he's working, <laughs> he's a community manager, right, Ross? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got no idea what I got this baseball cap from. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yes, he is, yeah. So, perfect. The driving game, two driving game community managers and one podcast. What? Wow, he's putting in yes. a full, <laughs> full full work there, full work for sure. People <laughs> like to think community managers don't do too much. I mean, they have a hard job, man. Oof, they have they a do. hard job. A lot of work that they got to do. They got to go on social media, see what's <laughs> trending, talk to people, interact, socialize, go to conventions, and the, sometimes they still have like another job. Or they go to school, you know. It's just it's it's a lot of dedication to what they like to do. Yeah, I do, I'm a community manager as well, but it's for a bank. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> not not quite as exciting then. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> yeah, no. A lot of complaints, I'm sure, whereas community managers for games yes. are pumping it up every day, fist pumping, getting the getting the hype train rolling. And I see people on Twitter being like, got my dream job as a community manager for whatever game, you know, whatever is coming up soon. And it's like, yeah, tell me if it's your dream job in about four months. Because you're, I think you're in for a lot more work than you think. And I know we we've had Josh Stein on the show who now works for uh, Mixer, and he used to be the community dev, uh, community manager rather for uh, Quantum Break, and we had him on when he was that. And uh, and I'll tell you, I from talking to him in person and, and seeing him work his ass off for that game and and to, and to keep that relevant and to and to drive the the hype for that. I know that. He, I don't, I mean, he probably would go back to that in a heartbeat because he loved, he loves doing that kind of stuff, but he's one in a million, man. I know a lot of people who, especially for that game, like that was a very controversial kind of launch and, and game idea and, you know, didn't get as much love as I think it deserved. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's like that where it's like, it's, it's a tough job. It's a tough job for some games. Um, but nonetheless, you can find us, uh, if you just search Four Guys Quarters on Google, you can find us everywhere. We're literally everywhere. Um, definitely, if you like the podcast, hit the like button and subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, 4GWQ Podcast is our handle there, because Four Guys of Quarters does not fit. Um, and our names have been cycling for Xbox Live and Twitter uh, in the like down below our video feeds here so you can add us on there and, and we can game sometime. Uh, but until next time, we're done. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Also, um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Quick. Yeah, please. I mean, don't, don't forget to go to Reddit and check out the party chat pod. Uh, you know, every week they got good stuff going on. They even do giveaways, uh, with indie spotlights. I, I've been watching that closely, Ross. I've been trying to win, you know, a lot of like I'm retweeting every single time. Clouds, wow. he's, he's not going to rig it for you. All right, don't be trying to butter him up. He's not rigging the giveaways. I, I know. I want to do the giveaways. Giveaways. That's that's all recent. I know he uses some complex Twitter bot thing that randomly picks it. And I think if you've won before, you can't win in so many weeks again. And there's so many rules. So you do these giveaways. Like I think sometimes people. Like, oh, you know, they're just giving away a code. You've got no idea what you have to do to go through some of these giveaways, like to get them signed off and things. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll try some reverse psychology with Reese. I'll be like, listen, if you come on four guys, Reese. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll win one of those codes for you, Reese. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>